Now, as I continue to hear from overwhelmed people-focused leaders who are looking to get out of HR roles, I know this is more true than ever. But I also know that the people who are looking to get out of these roles are the exact people we need to better support so that they can stay in. Welcome to Want to Work There, a podcast that explores what really makes a company a great place to work. I'm your host, Jill Felska, and together we'll explore not only what goes into building a great company culture, but also exactly how to implement those best practices within your own workplace. If you're here, you believe that a better world of work is possible, and I can't wait to build it together. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Want to Work There podcast. I am so excited to be recording today. Some of you may have noticed that we missed a week, and that is because I went on vacation to Disney and planned to record an episode right when I got back, but ended up really, really sick and without a voice. So we missed an episode, and I have missed you guys. I am happy to be back and chatting with you all today, especially because the thing I want to talk about is definitely really near and dear and personal to me. I have yet to do an episode where I really get into my full story, and I know that that is something I should probably do quite soon, but today's topic is going to definitely give you a little more insight into my career experience and It's surfacing because the same topic keeps coming up in conversation for me lately, but everything keeps pointing to how hard it is to find and keep amazing individuals in people and culture leadership roles. In the past few months alone, I have had four different conversations with individuals who are leading people and culture practices at their organizations, and they have all included the phrase, I want out. Now, one of them wants to shift into consulting because it seems less emotionally taxing. Two of them were exploring demotions, both considering a move from a director level position in a startup to a less senior role in a larger organization where they felt they'd be more resourced and supported. And the last didn't even know what was next, only that the role she was in just wasn't sustainable. Now, none of these conversations were about this. I didn't call to talk about this. This was something that surfaced on each of these calls individually, which is what really got me thinking about how I felt when I was in my role. Because all of them sounded so extremely stressed and just completely exhausted. And I don't blame them. I have been in their shoes and I know exactly how that feels. My time as a director of people and culture was simultaneously the absolute most rewarding and also the most overwhelming period of my career to date. Now, granted, I was navigating the role during the pandemic, which was an unprecedented time for even the most experienced HR professionals. Still, I have never had a role that has required so much of myself, both mentally and emotionally. I'm sharing this because I don't think that many people truly understand just how difficult leading the HR people function at an organization really is. 
Besides the founder, it's probably the most nuanced, lonely role someone can sit in. You are constantly trying to put out fires while also building foundational systems, being a champion of positive culture norms, and trying to ensure that the overall employee experience is being considered and upheld. And that's honestly just the tip of the iceberg. There is also compliance, hiring, payroll, benefits, training and development, performance management, equitable compensation, DEIB, internal communications, onboarding, offboarding, and thought leadership to consider. Oh, and do not forget navigating the whole in-office remote hybrid decision, along with planning the quarterly team offsites that are now so crucial to team bonding and cohesion. It's a lot. And then on top of these very tactical strategic items is the fact that any people ops leader worth their salt cares, like really, really cares about their people. So that layoff they have to facilitate, it's not just planning and decisions and execution that's hard. It's the hours spent awake in the middle of the night thinking about how their customer service lead is going to make it as a single mom of two kids now that she's lost her source of income. And then on top of everything else, it's often expected that your people and culture lead can not only handle it, but will also be the one who maintains a positive, supportive attitude through it all. Now, I am usually a very positive person. I think you know that if you listen to this podcast. But it is important to talk about this because it was something that was really, really hard for me while I was in the role. And I don't even think I realized the impact that it was having on me until after I got some time and space, after we were acquired and I had moved out of the role and, and really had some time to look back and reflect. But when I list that out and think about sort of the expectations and the space that I was holding, it feels impossible. And I'm not the only one. I am continuing to hear this from people who are struggling with some of the same things. These are really oversized and often under-resourced expectations, and it's exactly why people ops leads are trying to find their way out. Because it's not only overwhelming, it's really lonely. So much of the job has to happen in secrecy, meaning you rarely have the ability to pick up the phone and process with someone internally, and instead you must turn to your partner, family, and friends to navigate all these emotions that you're feeling. I know I did, and I will forever be grateful for the people who held me up so that I could hold it together for my team. So this all feels a little exposing to be sharing. <laughs> I can actually feel myself tearing up, but I think it's so important to share because it's the reality that so many people ops professionals find themselves in, and I don't think we talk about it often enough. Recently, a friend had asked me where I got my podcast closer. So if you stick around to the very end of my episodes, you know that each one ends with the same message. I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters. The truth is, I recorded that ending because it's what I really needed to hear when I was in my last role. 
And if I needed to hear it, I felt like there was others out there who probably needed the same encouragement. Now, as I continue to hear from overwhelmed people-focused leaders who are looking to get out of HR roles, I know this is more true than ever. But I also know that the people who are looking to get out of these roles are the exact people we need to better support so that they can stay in. These are the people who don't see employees as a number or a budget line to cut at the first sign of recession, but rather inspire leadership to get creative in cutting costs other places. They are the leaders who know that a sales team member's mother has been diagnosed with cancer and can help coach the manager on the best way to support them. They are the leaders who will advocate that the company shuts down completely between Christmas and New Year's because they can see just how overworked and burned out their team is and know that the productivity lost that week will more than make up for itself in the new year between recharge batteries and less turnover. They are the champions who know that we are in the biggest workplace revolution in decades and that thriving in this new reality will take considerable experimentation and ongoing adaptability. We need these people to stay and to have the hard conversations with CEOs, to continue building trust across organizations, to lean in when it's easier to just roll with the status quo. It's the only way things will really change. The question is how? How do we keep these incredibly passionate, hardworking people in HR roles? Well, we need to support them like they've never been supported before. And we need to do it fast. In two weeks, I am going to do an episode covering five ways CEOs can proactively work to retain their people ops leads in 2023. Now, as always, all five are actionable, concrete ways any founder can support their people ops leads by the end of this year. But in the meantime, I want to share where all this reflection on the state of people ops has brought me over the last few months. If there's one thing that's been really hard for me as a business owner, it's been focusing. I am so stupidly passionate about helping create better work environments that I have really struggled to narrow down how and when I help companies. Over the course of my consulting career, I have specialized in employer branding, operationalizing core values, employee feedback collection and analysis, internal communication strategies, change management, and management training, just to name a few. No matter the project, though, there is always one piece of feedback that I hear more often than any other. And that is, you're like a workplace therapist. I feel so much better and clearer every time I talk to you. Trust me when I say there is no bigger compliment than you could give me. Creating space and supporting individuals lights me up. But it wasn't until I really started reflecting on the current state of people ops and its exodus of these incredible people leaders that I realized it's exactly the strength I should be leaning into. During my time as a director of people, I had both a personal therapist and a coach. They kept me sane and they were a safe space for me to process all the emotion that came with such a stressful job. I can honestly say I would not have made it through without them. In talking with the 4HR leaders I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it hit me 
I could hold this space for individuals in these roles who are feeling overwhelmed and alone. Not only would it play into my quote-unquote workplace therapist strengths, but I've been in their shoes. I know what they're going through, and I can offer guidance and support based on the latest findings and best practices so that they not only feel heard, but they feel confident that they're putting their energy into the next right thing. And so that is exactly the service I have begun to offer. And it really seems to be resonating with people. The word that continues to come up is relief. Relief in not being alone in their work. Relief in being able to open up to someone who gets it. Relief in being able to process emotions, ideas, and strategies before bringing them to the CEO or leadership team. Let me tell you, there is no role I would rather be playing than providing relief to the incredible humans who put everyone else first. So if you or someone you know could use this exact support, I would love to talk. You can email me directly at jill at wanttoworkthere.com or you can find more information at wanttoworkthere.com backslash strategic advising. At the time I'm recording this, I have three more openings before I hit capacity, and I would love to fill them with three passionate, people-focused leaders from this community. If that's you, let's talk. If nothing else, I hope this episode has made some of you feel seen and pause to reflect not only on how big and important the work is that you're doing, but how important your self-care is in order for you to continue doing it in the long term. Whether it's me, a friend, a partner, or a mentor, I sincerely hope you are all finding ways to fill your own cup first. We need people who care doing this work, and the only way we're going to do that is if those people who care take care of themselves first. All right, I'll see you back here in two weeks, and we'll talk about some more ways we can support people up leads so that they can thrive in 2023. Talk to you then. This show was brought to you by wanttoworkthere.com and the incredible team at Podcasting for Creatives. No individual or company acting alone can change our societal beliefs about work, but together we can create a new normal. If you like this episode, please consider passing it on to one or two people who share your passion for creating a better world of work. And until next time, please know I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters.